first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine. Today, we'll be talking with Hadley Robinson and Alicia Pascal-Pena about Moxie, Ishan about Us Again, McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal, Aparva about Chaos Walking, Kyla, Rosemary, and Ishan about Ooh, You're in Trouble, Gianna about Punky Brewster, and Oliver De Los Santos about Punky Brewster. First, we will be reviewing Raya and the Last Dragon with Ishan. How are you? Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good, too. All right, so first and foremost, what is Raya and the Last Dragon about? All right, so this is possibly Disney's most awaited film this year. I think the hype has been built up about it, so it's basically another massive feat of world building. Uh, they've created the world of Kumandra, which is uh, a place where humans and dragons used to live together until a force called the Droon attacked. And the Droon is this miserable, swirly, like mindless plague, which is, uh, as Raya said, it was, it was born of human discord. And that's really applicable to any modern problem, I think. Uh, any modern problem that we have is born of human discord. So the Druin basically turns humans into stone, and it's been completely breaking Kumandra into tons of warring factions, and so that's totally destroyed the entire land. And it's kind of because of Raya that uh, a lot of this stuff has happened, because all these dragon protectors, all of the leaders of the dragons, have compacted all their power into one big stone. And that stone has been broken up into a bunch of different parts and put all around the land of Kumandra. And it's all because of Raya. And so we catch up with her six years after all these things happened when she's on her quest to basically um, right all of these wrongs that have been committed and unite all of the gemstone pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a very complex uh, story. And I actually watched it and I thought it was really good. But um, the animation is just... Disney, wow, just <laughs> Disney is getting insane at uh, animation. And so what did you think about the animation? Did like anything surprise you or what? I mean, the animation was great. It was definitely up to Disney standard. I was surprised at the way they depicted the dragons, the way that they depicted a lot of these things. I was honestly, if I'm being really honest, expecting more. Um, but then again, I, I saw the promotional materials and I was like, all right, I kind of know what to expect. It's a classic Disney material. There was just nothing super new in the warehouse that I felt like, oh man, you know, they, they had so much hype. What is this? You know, like I, I wanted there to be something like, you know, for example, when Moana came out, there was a lot of stuff that was totally new about that animation, things like that. But I mean, it, it was great. I definitely think that a lot of the the elements of the film that really worked well together had to do with animation, sound effects, things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just thought I was kind of surprised in how the dragons were depicted. Like, I thought they would be a little bit more like scaly and stuff. But I mean, I love the dragons because they were fuzzy and cute. But like, yeah, you know. they looked like I was going to say that they look like little pillows. So I was like, they looked like they look like pillow monsters, which I was like, those were those were cute rather than intimidating, which I think is also kind of playing into the Disney wheelhouse. But yeah. Yes, for sure. And so most, like, I guess a lot of Disney stories have a definite, like, good versus evil story. And would you describe Ryan the Last Dragon the same way? And, like, if not, how would you describe it? 
it's really interesting. Like I, there's so many subplots that we could sit here for hours talking about it. But I'll say, so <laughs> one of the big things that Ryan the Last Dragon deals with is is uniting with your enemies. So it's almost a a rebellion against the traditional Disney plotline where it's not necessarily good against evil. Uh, it's just good. A bunch of enemies of good or a bunch of rivals of good all uniting to basically work toward a common goal and there's not necessarily an evil force involved raya does have to face uh face off against one of these uh one of her enemies uh or one of her nemeses she has a kind of complicated relationship with nimardi who is the uh princess of another rival uh kingdom one of the factions of kumandra but yeah there's not necessarily a big like good versus evil overarching thing in the in the film yeah, and I always enjoy like li- like kind of watching something that's kind of different than I guess what's normal. And so what are the main messages? So the main messages are going kind of with what we just said, teamwork, perseverance, grit, a lot of those things. Um, definitely uh, working together for a common goal, finding uh, even if you're not necessarily the best of friends or even if you do have differences, reconciling those differences, moving past those differences. All right. Yeah. And so what age recommendation and star rating do you give Ryan the Last Dragon? I give Ryan the Last Dragon five out of five stars and I recommend it for ages seven to 18. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Ishan about Ryan the Last Dragon. Ishan about us again. McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal, Aperva about Chaos Walking, Kyla, Rosemary, and Ishan about Ooh, You're in Trouble, John about Punky Brewster, and Oliver De Los Santos about Punky Brewster. Right now, we're switching over to my interview with Hadley Robinson and Elisa Pascal-Pena about Moxie. Hi, this is Catherine reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Hadley Robinson and Alicia Pascal-Pena about the upcoming movie Moxie, directed by Amy Poehler. Moxie is a coming-of-age story about a 16-year-old starting a revolution about the biased behavior at her school. Hadley is known for her performances in Little Women, I'm Thinking of Anythings, and Utopia. Alicia began her career modeling for brands such as Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, and was a face of Hearts for Hearts dolls. She moved into doing commercial work for Telemundo, Univision, and later experienced her TV debut in Chase and the Plug. Um, for Kids First, and um, so Moxie has like very diverse characters, and so this will be for both of you. Um, but it has like an all-girls band, different races, different shapes and sizes, orientation, plus people with it's like someone with a disability, which I rarely ever see. So can you describe how you think that that impacted the cast performances? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes this movie so special is that it's so inclusive and you really see people from every background and culture, every shape, every color, um, and seeing everybody come together uh, and interact with each other and learn from each other. I mean, not just within the characters, but also offset just as people. Like when we were rubbing shoulders and like having conversations in between scenes, like we were really learning from each other and then bringing that into the movie. And I think that caused like this new kind of energy that I think you can see in the film of, of it's exciting to, to learn from people who aren't like you. And it's really exciting to have friends who are completely different from you because there's that much more to learn. I mean, because when the gap is bigger, there's that much more to like learn about humanity and people and 
that's really exciting. And I think you can see it in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it just made me so much more proud and humbled to be a part of the film. Not only is this centered by women, a film produced, written and directed by women, but we are celebrating women in all of their womanhood and, fem and femininity. You know, we have women of different races, cultures, backgrounds, abilities, gender identities. And that is so powerful, especially because we haven't seen it. And, you know, I think it's a disservice um, to us as a society to not see women in their fullness and their true forms. And the fact that I got to look next to me and see multiple black women and multiple women um, and their stories being told, I think it's, it's, it was powerful. So it never felt like a sense of tokenism or it never felt like a sense of disingenuous diversity. You know, we're really striving um, to make intersectionality uh, the main focus. Um, and I think that there's so much power in that and we're trying to progress the needle with the film and continue these conversations and encourage people to have these conversations at home to look at their own lives um, and their own uh, communities uh, and to acknowledge the intersectionality of that. So it was, it was amazing and it was so special. All right, so there are certainly like lots of girl power scenes in this film. And so which might be your favorite? And this can be for the both of you again. I mean, uh, my favorite scene to shoot, but also just to watch is that final moment when we are all dressed up, all the female characters are dressed up and they're having a dance party, but that dance party feels a little different. It feels like, um, mm -hmm. it feels like this is them when they've really come into their own. This is them in like a dream sequence where they um, are the best versions of themselves and the most free. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a really important scene. Yeah. Whew. There's so many like dance party scenes. I would say that scene at the end of the film and the other dance party um, where we have like the Linda Lindas, these, uh, a band of young women uh, perform Bikini Kill, uh, which just allowed us to like completely be free and liberated um, and get into it as a cast. But yeah, all the dance scenes were, were definitely the favorites. Uh, they were so much fun and just very real because that was us in real time you know sweating and and being together so thank you thank you so much for talking with me hadley and alicia be sure to look out for moxie when it debuts on netflix march 3rd 2021 this is Catherine reporting for kids first be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss our next reviews or interviews from me or my awesome team members Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www. 
kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Raya and the Last Dragon and Moxie. Next up, we'll be reviewing Us Again with Ishan. So, Us Again is actually a short, like a short film. So, what is it about? Yeah, so Us Again is the companion film to, or the, the sort of introductory short film to the film that we just finished talking about, Raya and the Last Dragon. And it's basically a seven-minute short film about uh, an elderly couple. Well, it's an elderly man and his young-at-heart wife uh, who are, like, who basically live in this massive, beautiful city, which has echoes of, like, New York City. Looks like... Um, What's the name of it? The Mario, uh, the, the, the big Mario city in Mar- Super Mario Odyssey. Looks like that. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and they both on this one rainy day, the man is always tired and the woman always wants to go explore the world outside. But uh, on this one rainy day, they say, you know what? Our ages feel like they're literally just numbers. And so they cut the ages kind of melt away and they're like, you know what? Let's rediscover our passion for dancing. And there's no dialogue. This is all told through dance moves and through music, which is really cool. And so, yeah, it just follows them rediscovering their passion for dancing and music. Yeah. So this, as you said, uh, this short film doesn't have like any dialogue or anything. So what did they do to make up for this was like, I guess you kind of said that there was good music, but like, can you, I guess, elaborate more on that? Yeah, sure. So one big part of it was they actually invited these award-winning choreographers and dancers. Uh, their names are Keon and Mary Madrid. They're they're a couple. They're also um, master choreographers. And so I think one of the big things that they really took into consideration, besides of course animation and design, which is amazing. Like that's this is the future of Disney animation. It's funny. I don't say this about Raya. I say this about the seven-minute short film coming before Raya. But honestly, <laughs> that is it's a beautiful film. Um, but the big thing with the dancing and their choreography was even with the small like movements of the hands or any of that stuff, you can easily tell like what they are sort of saying subtextually, how they're feeling, all those things. So it's almost like words aren't necessary. It's like a picture tells a thousand words in the same way that, that, you know, dancing tells a thousand words. Yeah, that's totally true. And uh, so as you're saying, like, it's just it's the future of animation. And so it, it just proves just proves that Disney has amazing <laughs> animation. And so what was your favorite aspect of it? Yeah, I really like that the design tapped into emotions. Honestly, the part that we were just discussing about the fact that there is literally no dialogue even required that you can just tell everything that they're doing just through movement, which is really, really cool. 
Um, and another great part of the uh, animation uh, that I'll just touch on is they really, really like look into the tiny details. So I mentioned in my review about uh, the the water. The it's a rainy day, and there's tons of puddles around the city. And so if you actually if you look at the puddles and if you look at the reflections of the couple's reflections, even when they are their younger selves, when they're dancing down the streets uh, as their younger selves. You see in the reflection, they're actually their older selves. They actually are still the septuagenarian couple that they were in the first 30 seconds of the film. So it's really, really interesting. They paid attention to that and they and they kept those little details and the textural details of the water, all those different things are really beautiful. Yeah, well, I guess when you're doing something kind of like that, you have to pay attention to the details. And so, you know, you keep uh, mentioning that you can actually find this in theaters when you watch Ryan and the Last Dragon. So did you go in theaters to see it or... I did not. I did not. I watched this screener on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so when can it be seen when it's not in theaters? We don't have an exact date, but Disney just confirmed that it'll be available on Disney Plus in June. Oh, that's fun. I love yeah. watching shorts and stuff just to see everything. It, it's just great. It's really and, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so even though this is a you know short film, there, are definitely, there definitely can be messages. And so what are some of those? I feel like the message here really is told in the plot. It's just to never let go of your passions uh, and in a way your youth too. And if you do and when you do, make sure to make an effort to rekindle that fire in your heart, rekindle those emotions. And I think it's really, really interesting that they choose to they chose to release this type of a short film with this message. And in the time that we live in right now, of course, we can't go dancing down the street without masks, but like we can, we have the time to like uh, get new hobbies and, and rekindle old passions and things. So why not? Yeah, go ahead. Carpe diem type thing. <laughs> so what is the star rating that you give, uh, you give us again? <laughs> <laughs> I would give us again, five out of five stars, just like I did to Raya. And I would recommend it for ages seven to 18. All right. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Ashan about Raya and the Last Dragon, Hadley Robinson and Elisa Pascal-Pena about Moxie, Ishan about us again, McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal, Aperva about Chaos Walking, Kyla, Rosemary, and Ishan about Ooh, You're in Trouble, Gianna about Punky Brewster, and Oliver De Los Santos about Punky Brewster. Right now we're switching over to our review with McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal. All right. So, Ashley, what is That's Totally Normal about? Um, That's Totally Normal is about um, this. Well, there's a certified pediatrician, Dr. T. She goes into a lot of those like uncomfortable topics that, you know, kids uh, don't like to talk about. So um, it touches into the world of puberty and everything that comes with that maturity. And she touches on those topics, but it's very, very comfortable. Um, and it's actually very informative and actually sometimes very fun. Um, I've learned a lot from it and it's actually quite, quite entertaining. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess McKenna, would you say that the, like, who is this show aimed for? Is it aimed for girls, boys, or both, or just anything? It's totally aimed for girls and boys of all gender. And I think that a lot of people could really benefit from this and learn a lot about this, like Ashley said. Yeah, and so, um, Ashley, both of you guys, I guess, were actually saying, like, uh, learning 
new stuff was one of the big things. And so, Ashley, uh, what what was there anything like specific that you learned that, you know, I guess would be helpful? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is one episode in the podcast entitled Acne. And there was and she was going on, you know, about like pimples and like bums and all those extra stuff. But then she started talking about back knee. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that was a thing. And she started talking about um, the specifics of um, having acne on your back and, you know, specific ways of like washing your back. And I'm just like, oh, wow. You know, that's very that's very cool. I never understood like anything about back knee. Um, But that's something that I learned. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like back knee is something that we've all experienced at least once. So, yeah. And uh, McKenna, uh, what are, I guess, some of the main messages? main messages of this is basically that all of everyone's body is normal and that we all are going through things that someone across the world is going through and that yeah basically that yeah okay and so um ashley how do you think this will help the youth of today i think that having um a platform in which kids can sit down and listen to this, these short episodes about questions that um, kids actually have because all of the episodes are directed from specific questions that a lot of kids have. I think that having this platform where they can listen to it and understand and be informed about their bodies and about everything else that comes with that, I think it really helps because I think a lot of kids today and honestly in all generations have found it difficult to learn about themselves in a way. So I think that this is very informative and it will really help a lot of children. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something that I feel like we need more of because, you know, it's always a little bit uncomfortable to talk about that stuff. But yeah, I guess it's very helpful. So where can you find this podcast, McKenna? You can find this podcast online at Tracks. All righty. <laughs> and so I guess this can be for both of you. What age recommendation and star rating do you give? Do you give this podcast? Well, I give um, this podcast um, five out of five stars. I really recommend it for ages 10 to 18, just in the range of that um, puberty area of, of age. Yeah, same with me. I'm going to give it five out of five in ages 10 to 18. Yeah, all right. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Yashan about Us Again and McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal. Next up, we'll be reviewing Chaos Walkie with Aperva. Alright, so what is Chaos Walking about? Well, um, basically, there's a world where there are no women because in this world, they've been, all the men have been brought up to believe that the women have been killed by the spackle. But then the main character, Todd, finds a woman and he has to protect her from all the other men who are trying to kill her. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a very sci-fi. Um, all right. And so this has this. Uh, this movie has like some pretty great actors like Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley and, and a bunch of people. Um, but who did you like most and why? It would definitely be Daisy Ridley, but then it would also be Tom Holland because both of those actors did so well with their um, how, how they conveyed the actor's emotions. Like, for example, Daisy Ridley, she had this she just had this smile, which worked for like 50 million 50 million of dialogues like that's an exaggeration but um that smile she used it to convey her being sad happy empathetic flirty you know it's it's it had all of those aspects to it and it worked so well but um with tom holland for him it was definitely the um the i'm brave but i'm scared kind of kind of um feeling that he really did well so it would definitely be a tie between those two yeah, those are both really great actors, and, you know, it's great to see them doing great in another movie. So this is based off of a book, and did you read it? Yes, I did. I had to rush to read it because <laughs> the Amazon order got delayed, and then I only had two days to read it, so it was, like, full-on book mode for me for those two days. So, yes, I did read it before watching the movie. And how does it compare to the movie? Do you think it, the book was better? Was the movie better, or were they equally good? So, ironically, um, most of the times when it comes to this kind of thing, the movie is different from the book. But because the screen, the screenwriter or the, whoever wrote the script for the movie, he was the exact same as the author. So he knew what he was doing, which was really great because most of the book and the movie, they matched. So, yeah, for this movie, one of the very few that the book and the movie actually matched. Wow, that's really interesting because, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of movies where I'm like, oh, that wasn't as good as the book. (laughs) 
All right. And so the setting looked like very interesting and it just looked really cool. And so what was the setting like and which was your favorite? Oh, oh the setting, the sets in this movie, they were magnificent. They were definitely worth a lot of uh, a lot a lot of applause. You know, they're the sets so this movie takes place in like a dystopian society, so the setting has to be dull, but also has to be like fresh, you know? So that that was really awesome. And But the sets for the whole movie, they were, most of the time they were the same. Um, the same kind of trees, the same kind of, like the same kind of views, all of that thing. So it was mostly the same, but it was definitely worth a lot of, praise like it, it was definitely amazing so I can't say I have a favorite yeah <laughs> and so what are the main messages of this movie well that's a difficult one um, this is more of a sci-fi adventure so um, I don't know what messages let's see well the main character he, he's he's supposed to be 12 well at least in the book he is and they didn't really say in the movie but you know he he's really scared but he has to protect himself and the girl for their own good you know he's already lost so much and he doesn't want to lose more so i guess the main message would be um to keep her cool you know everything has a way of working itself out so um it would definitely yeah that would definitely be it yeah all right and what age recommendation and star rating do you give this film Okay, um, so it all depends on the child for this one because there are many uses of, you know, profanity. N nothing nothing severe, but mild profanity, but they're used aggressively and, like, as name-calling. So I would definitely say if you're mature enough, ages 12 to 18 plus adults, but, you know, depends on the child. So Yeah, yeah okay. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Ishan about Ryan and the Last Dragon, Hadley Robinson and Elisa Pascal Pena about Moxie, Ishan about Us Again, McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal, Aperva about Chaos Walking, Rosemary and Ishan about Ooh, You're in Trouble, Gianna about Punky Brewster, and Oliver De Los Santos about Punky Brewster. Right now we're switching over to our review with Rosemary and Ishan about Ooh, You're in Trouble. Okay, so Rosemary, what is Ooh, You're in Trouble about? This podcast is told by uh, adults and teenagers talking about experiences that they had in the past, breaking the rules or troublemaking, and basically what they learned from it and like all the obstacles that they overcame. And it's really interesting uh, storytelling. Yeah, okay. And Ishan, there were a couple of episodes in this podcast. And which was your favorite and why? I listened to the Not Licensed to Drive, and I thought it was kind of funny because my mom loved to drive when she was a little bit too young. There were so many. I think definitely Licensed to Drive was a super fun one. I have so many favorites, and the show has something that's really interesting and in that each episode offers something new. Like, it's not necessarily something super formulaic. Of course, this the idea is the same in each one where they're talking about a sort of misstep or a mistake that they made when they were younger and the sort of learning that they, the, the journey of learning that they had from there and how they changed as people from there, how they, not changed, but how they were shaped as people from there. Yeah, I mean, all the episodes, they seemed really fun and, you know, I kind of wanted to listen to them, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Rosemary, for the podcast, were there any, like, fun sound effects or inflections? Like, did it have some humor? Uh, what was it like in that way? Yeah, I think that this actually 
really helped the podcast to be more fun to listen to because uh, if you just had plain stories, it's a little more boring, but the podcast had a lot of sound effects, you know, mischievous music, and like some of the voices who were very minor characters were kind of said very dramatically, and so it made it really funny to listen to, and I think that made it like very not boring, so that was definitely a plus. Yeah, that's definitely a key to have, like, when you're listening to a podcast. And so, Ishan, have you ever had an ooh, you're in trouble moment? I have had so many. (laughs) (laughs) I have had tons. Um, I feel like, you know, one of the great things about the show is kids who are likely to be listening to this, generally teens and, and tweens and people of that age, just humans in general, we don't care to be making mistakes. For us, it's like, avoid making mistakes at all costs. And the show kind of kind of also says, you know, hey, it's good. Experiment a little bit. You know, if you if you end up embarrassing yourself, if you end up making any mistakes, that's fine. It's it's okay. You'll learn from it. You know, I think that's a really really great part of the show in that it it encourages almost that that spirit of exploration, just doing it, just trying it, seeing if it works. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's always like you have to learn for yourself. I think you can learn more from stuff that has happened to you than, I guess, you know, something else. And so, Rosemary, what are the main messages? Well, one theme in this podcast is definitely teamwork. A lot of times the characters had to work together to achieve their goal, even if it was a really small goal. And also, I think that a message is that there's sort of different levels of troublemaking and you know sometimes it's not necessarily like bad and uh you're actually likely to you know learn something from it more than just being told not to do it what uh are the age recommendation and star rating that you give this film and this can be for both of you all right so i can lead off so i would give oh you're in trouble five stars out of five and i recommend it for ages 13 to 18, but really anyone can listen to it. I think even adults would have tons of fun kind of looking back on maybe some of their, you know, ooh, you're in trouble moments, things like that. Uh, and of course, it's on the amazing uh, podcast hosting website at tracks.fm. Yeah, all right. And what about uh, you, Rosemary? Yeah, I would give this podcast four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages 10 to 18 plus adults. It's a good family podcast, I think. <laughs> Sounds great. All right, let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Aperva about chaos walking and Rosemary and Ashan about Ooh, You're in Trouble. Next up, we'll be reviewing Punky Brewster with Gianna. So, what is Punky Brewster about? So, Punky Brewster is about the original Punky Brewster, who is now grown up with kids of her home. At the Children's Adoption Center, she meets a little girl named Izzy, who reminds her of herself when she was younger. Punky's friend, Sherry, asks Punky to watch Izzy while she finds the right family for her for them to adopt Izzy. And as Izzy's staying with them, Izzy grows fond of Punky and Punky grows fond of Izzy and they just grow like a family and Izzy feels like she find a find finally fi- found a family and Punky finds it hard to just let her go. Yeah, all right. So it, this show is a reboot, and um, just to get, like, the backstory and stuff, would you recommend watching the original show? You you could watch the original show because, since it's such a great show to watch, but you won't have to because in a couple of scenes, they do talk about what happened with Punky and everything that, like, mostly happened in the in the. 80s series so I would you don't have to watch it but you could yeah that's what I thought too I mean like I watched like a couple episodes like the first couple episodes and I thought that's pretty much all I had to watch to get a full understanding just because you know it explained like her adoption and all that stuff so I thought yeah I definitely agree with you on that and um so since this is reboot they actually had some of the um the same actors play the same characters um what was he acting like and did you enjoy the characters who made a comeback yes i really enjoyed the actors i really enjoyed the actors they even though i did not watch the original show i feel like they still portrayed their characters as they should and it just felt right yeah, I think it felt right too. And honestly, just like looking at so Soleil, uh, Soleil Moonfry, the uh, the original Punky Brewster, just seeing her all grown up, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool that you know she made a comeback and stuff. Yeah. So we actually had an exciting interview with one of the actors, Oliver De Los Santos, who plays Punky's son, Daniel. What did you enjoy most about uh, the interview? What I enjoy most about the interview is just finding out all this stuff that, like, 
ha- like since it's acting, you don't really know what happens behind the camera and what and like uh stuff. And he said that they are like a family and all like even the guest people are just the most fun and nicest people. They just feel like a family and that was my favorite part because you never know what goes behind like what goes behind the camera and since it's acting so I thought that part was pretty cool yeah I thought that part was pretty cool just because yeah as you say or as you said it was you know just fun to see like um how the actors connected and all that stuff I just thought it was very very interesting and uh so what are some of the you know main messages of the Punky Brewster reboot (laughs) Well, there are a lot of messages, so I only could pick one, but the one I picked was, it's okay to be yourself, and you just have to be true to yourself, and yeah. Yeah, that's a very good message. So what age recommendation and star rating do you give this show? I give Punky Brewster a 5 out of 5 stars, and recommend it to ages 8 to 18 and adults will also enjoy it, enjoy it, especially if they watch the 80s sitcom of it. Okay, that's so cool. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Ishan about Ryan the Last Dragon, Hadley Robinson and Elisa Pascal-Pena about Moxie, Ishan about us again, McKenna and Ashley about That's Totally Normal, Aperva about Chaos Walking, Rosemary and Ishan about Oh, You're in Trouble. And now we are switching over to John and I's review, or interview, should I say, with Oliver De Los Santos about Punky Brewster. Hi, I'm Gianna, reporting for Kids First, and today I'm joined by my awesome team member, Catherine. And today we have the opportunity to speak with an incredible actor, Oliver De Los Santos, who plays Daniel in the reboot of the 80s sitcom Punky Brewster. Oliver is an Australian-American actor and is currently joining us from Brisbane. We are so excited to chat with him. Hi, Oliver. Thank you for talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Since this show is a reboot of the original Punky Brewster, do you find any pressure about continuing the legacy of the original show? I mean, we all wanted it to be really good and do justice to the original, of course, but... I don't think it was pressure. It was just fun. Um, We were all really excited to make the next chapter of Punky's story come to life. Yeah, I would see how it would be fun too. I could find a little pressure because it's like a major show that a lot of people watched. But since you found it no pressure and found it a lot of fun, it's nice. You've said that you're half American, but you have an Australian accent. Is it tough trying to drop your accent when acting? Well, I've been doing it for quite a while, so it's not that hard these days. But whenever I go to America, I use my American accent all the time because it's good practice for me and it makes it easy on set. But this time I had more trouble getting my Australian accent back because I had used it in so long and it was actually really hard. It would obviously take me a long time to, say if I had an Australian accent, it would take me a long time to lose my American accent since I've been using it for such long, so long. In what ways do you relate to your character, Daniel? 
Um, well, we're similar in that we both have an older sister and we are both the youngest, except that changes when Izzy comes along. Um, we're mostly different otherwise, especially our bedrooms. He is so neat and tidy and I'm not so good at that part, but still not as bad as Diego. <laughs> <laughs> so your character is like super fashionable and even you're fashionable right now. So uh, did you help pick out any of the outfits and like how did your co costumes help you get into character? Well, our costume designer, Mona May, is incredible. And she's such a cool person, and I love her so much. Um, she always had super cool clothes for me to try on, and we would talk about which ones we loved for Daniel. And my fittings with Mona were always so much fun. His clothes really made me feel like his character, so it definitely helped me play the role. Yeah, I mean, just feeling like the character and just being in the outfit, I feel like would make me just feel like I am my character. It is part of me now. <laughs> What's the relationship like between you and the other actors while working on the show, either on or off camera? It's amazing. Um, we're like one big family. Even the guest cast are the coolest, nicest people. And I miss everyone a lot. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better bunch of people to work with. They are the best, and I can't wait to see them again. Yeah, having someone fun to work with and getting along with them and being just like a family is the best thing you could ever ask for. Yeah. What is your most fun memory that you had with the cast? Well, there were so many fun memories from the whole show, but I think one part that was super fun was doing the live taping for the pilot. There was so much energy and the audience was so fun and it really made it so exciting. It's fun anyway, but that was extra fun. Yeah, performing in front of a live audience could be really fun. And yeah. since it was fun for you, it was even more fun. So did you know about the show Punky Brewster or the actress Soleil Moonfry before auditioning for this role? Honestly, no, I had no idea. <laughs> My mom knew the show, so she told me a bit about it, and it sounded really fun, and I was excited to audition for it. Yeah, I mean, if, even if your parents know about it, that just makes you feel like you're going to be, like, a part, you know, kind of something that has been in their generation and stuff like that. I feel like that'd be so fun. And so how did you feel knowing that you'd be work with, working with Soleil, even, like, you know, as, like, your parents watched her and, you know, all that stuff? Well, like I said, I didn't really know her before, but I met her in the callback audition and she was so nice. And I just really hope, hoped I get the job because I loved the script and it was really funny and everyone was so nice in the audition. I love working with Soleil. Um, she's seriously one of the nicest and kindest people I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like it'd be so cool also to just, like, work with someone who's been a part of the original show, and now they're back for, like, a reboot. I just feel like that'd be so fun. Yes. Since the TV show was filmed in California, what was it like for you to move there from Australia? It was really exciting, actually. I've been to L.A. quite a lot, but this time it was to make a show, so I was super excited, and I couldn't wait to get there. Moving can sometimes be fun, like you had, and sometimes it can be hard, but, you know, it's for the better, so...
All right. And so the pilot was filmed in 2019, but the rest of the season was put on hold because of COVID. So how did things change filming during the pandemic? Well, during the pilot, it was really just normal life and we could all hang out and it didn't matter. And that was so good. And then during COVID, we all had to socially distance and wear masks at all times. And shields too, when we were on stage, except when we had to film. I think it was a lot harder, but I was really happy to be there and to be working. And I felt very lucky that our showrunners cared a lot about keeping us healthy. And it will be great to all be able to be close to each other again, though. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I think everybody could say that at this point, because I mean, yeah. everybody, it's just, oh, I miss everybody, you know, like all of my family and my friends and, you know, having almost another set of like family as like actors, it'd be so, I'd miss them so much. Um, and finally, what is like the biggest takeaway you want the audience to have after watching Punky Brewster? I'd have to say, be yourself and accept other people for who they are. That's definitely a great message. I mean, yeah, can teach us some pretty good life lessons. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us, Oliver. It was so much fun, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> it was very much, it was a great time. Thank you, Oliver De Los Santos, for talking with us today. I'm Jenna Pruning for Kids First, and Punky Booster is out now, and you can find it on Peacock, so go watch it. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kids for All News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You from Tracks. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. See you later. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.